just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. You know, from time to time, I will remind you that if you have a question, comment, complaint, recipe, you can always reach out to me directly through my email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail message. I love hearing from listeners. I'd like to incorporate more listeners into the program. I need to hear what you have to say. It's not always about me just rattling on. I mean, I can do it. (laughs) I'm good with quantity when it comes to talking. Some days it's not always quality, but I got the quantity down cold. Well, earlier today I got an email from a gentleman, a listener, and I wanted to read it to you and talk a little bit about what he's asking. He says, Hi, Mike. I'm a fellow Minnesotan relocated down to Raleigh, North Carolina a while back, and I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago after my uncle recommended it to me. I've enjoyed it very much. I really like how you see things and the way you stick it to the far right wing nuts in a way that I've heard few people do. We need more tough, rational voices like you advocating for the positions that will actually help the poor and the middle class in America. Now, in the last few episodes, you've made some very good points about how both U.S. political parties suffer from corruption and do not effectively represent their constituents. I agree completely. I've been very concerned with this issue for the past several years, especially after the election of Donald Trump. I'm wondering if you are aware of an organization called Represent Us. They have been fighting for a long time to end corruption, get money out of politics, and fix our broken political system. I think they have one of the best organizations around. I know you don't generally do this on your podcast, but if you would be so kind as to check out their website and learn more about the organization, I hope you'll agree that they are very much in line with what you're trying to do with your podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would mention the organization on one of your upcoming episodes. Thanks very much for all you do, and keep up the great work. Michael in Raleigh, North Carolina, former Minnesotan. First off, Michael, thanks for taking the time to write the note. Well thought out, and I'm always open for a tip, a way to find more like-minded people. That's the goal here. Get as many people of a like mind together and hopefully gain some power by doing that. So he recommends a website, a group, a nonprofit group called Represent Us. So I did what he asked. I went and looked at the website. Now, let me tell you up front, I've said this many times. I don't join groups. I don't join clubs because generally when you join a club, It always ends up a little tainted because individuals have particular agendas that don't necessarily jive with what the original intent was. Now, that's not always the case. I've noticed it in political parties. I've noticed noticed it in religion, for that matter. 
Now, I'm not making any suggestion that that's the case with this organization because I don't know a lot about it yet. But I did go and look at the website. It's called Represent Us, and uh, I've read a lot on the pages. I've watched some of the videos, and I have to say, they honestly do seem to be in line with the kind of things I'm saying and thinking. They don't limit themselves to one party. They aren't all liberal or all conservative. And I've said that all along. I'm really pushing for the Democrats now only because the Republicans are so reprehensible. This is the only way we can beat them by supporting the Democrats. But at the same time, the Democrats have their problems too. They are just the lesser of two evils at this point. They are finding out that by doing some good for the people of this country, this might be the way to beat these Republicans back. But remember, this has been going on for decades. The the Democrats haven't always been working for the people. I mean, look at Joe Manchin with his $700,000 luxury yacht. A lot of Democrats have made a lot of money from being in Congress, even though the senators only make $174,000 a year. That's a lot of money, I'll grant you. But how do they become multimillionaires by the time they leave office? There's some other shit going on, don't you think? So I don't really find myself siding with either party, except in this instance where What's going on with the Republicans is so egregious that we have to support the Democrats to shut them down. Once the Democrats get in uh, in a better position and in more control, now we better start watching them too. And that's that's really what they're saying on this website, Represent Us. And I have to agree with them. They seem like a formidable group. You know, I'm... Uh, taking a look at some of their board members, and they include uh, Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, the producer, the director. Jeez, I'll invest money if I can get her on the podcast in person. Love that girl. She's a great actress. But they've got a lot of entertainment people. They've got a lot of uh, business people. They've got a lot of activist people. And they're all people that uh, are kind of a cross-section of things. You've got some people from the Democratic progressives all the way over to the Republicans. I can only assume that even those despicable Republicans, that these individuals are not happy about the way things are going and they want to see a more fair government, a government doing what they're supposed to be doing by representing us as opposed to giving money to the rich. So if that's what they're doing, I'm all for it. And Michael asked me to mention the website on the uh, podcast, which I will do. I already have, but I'll make it more specific. Now, this, of course, is a nonprofit organization, which is good to see. And the website or the web address is uh, represent.us, R-E-P-R-E-S-E-N-T dot us. And uh, you go to the website. It's it's pretty easy read. It's pretty laid out pretty well. There's some videos and such, and you can get a sense about it. I'm not telling you to join it. I'm not telling you not to join it. 
but it's an interesting website, and I'll be looking into it a little bit more. As I say, I'm not big on joining organizations, but I'm all about other people of a like mind that want to straighten this shit out that we've got going on in this country. One of the things they said in their message is they want to get money out of politics. And I think that is a huge thing that is a huge problem in this country and in our government, something we need to change. Because it seems like when people are running for office, the guy who gets or the gal who gets more money wins. And do we really want the person that gets the most money to buy their way into a position? I don't think so. So what happens is you might have a good candidate who can't get a lot of money. I mean, I'll give you an example. We had the candidate running against Mitch McConnell down in Kentucky for the Senate position. Young woman. She was a veteran, very sharp, very smart. And she got beat by Mitch McConnell in a state where his his approval rating's like 33%. How does that happen? Well, it has to do with money. Maybe even a little slippery business in there, too. But Mitch McConnell is where he is because he's a powerful guy, and he's got a lot of money backing him. The guy who has the best money, or the most money, may not be the best choice for a candidate to represent us. I've always thought we need to get the money out of it. We need to make it a more even playing field. One idea I thought, uh, you know, every candidate, let's talk about candidates for president. Every candidate gets a million bucks. No more, no less. They do what they can do with that million bucks. It's an even playing field. They use social media. They do whatever they have to do. They have to be more creative. But nobody's going to win an election based on having more money than everybody else. To me, that uh, tarnishes our system of government. Talk about our the fathers of our country. Do you think they were in that situation where people have tens of millions of dollars to win a race? Tens of millions of dollars to win a race so they can get a job and get paid $175,000 a year? Is about power. Everybody wants power. But the people who get power should be those people who are qualified to handle it and can deal with it responsibility. Not just the richest guys, not the ones with the most money. Because those folks tend to be the ones that are a bit greedy, a bit self-serving. And I don't want to see those people in this government. They're working against our system of government, our democracy. So when an organization like Represent Us comes out, I applaud them. I applaud them. And uh, Michael, thank you for giving me the tip of this particular group. And if you're in the audience and you want to check it out at represent.us, by all means, check it out. And thanks again to Michael for taking the time to write, listen, And uh, give me a heads up. Thank you very much. Now, I did a TikTok earlier yesterday. And uh, this kind of ties in what I'm talking about now with this, this group and some of the things they're fighting against. 
And one of the biggest problems, I think, in this country is that we have a lot of representatives, a lot of senators and reps and governors and all those kinds of people. And it's hard to find anybody in this country, in government, with courage. I mean, they're fucking cowards. Now, you might say, what does he mean by that? Well, I'll explain it to you. Donald Trump did a speech in uh, Iowa. Why did he go to Iowa and do a rally? This guy's been twice impeached. He's under investigation. His company's been indicted. And he lost the election in 2020 by 70 million votes, or 7 million votes, I'm sorry. Why is this guy doing rallies? Well, that's the only thing he knows how to fucking do. He can't govern. He can't be honest. He can't accomplish anything, but he can get to rallies, rile people up, dumb people up to get them to think that he's somehow their Lord and Savior. But who shows up with him? Senator Grassley of Iowa. Now, here's the thing about Grassley. He's 88 years old. He's running for the Senate again in November. He wants another six years. Shit, he wants to be the senator till he's frickin' 94. Now, the interesting thing about Grassley was that he was part of the establishment Republicans. The normal people. Conservative, but relatively normal. Concerned about the Constitution. But now... He shows up at this rally, kisses Donald Trump's butt, and agrees with everything he says, even though at one point earlier in the year, he disagreed with him. He even stated when he was on stage, he said, look, I'd be crazy not to accept the endorsement from a guy who is uh, thought of well by the Republican Party that has a positive rating in the Republican Party of 91%. And I get that point. Business-wise, that makes sense. But the fact that they're unwilling to call somebody out on obvious illegal or corrupt activities just to get votes, well, you know what that is? That's fucking fear. That's fear. Nobody knows better than Grassley. Senator Grassley knows better than this. Shit, what's he been in the Senate since the 80s? For Christ's sake. If you haven't learned something by now, I don't know what you're going to do. But he figures if he doesn't side with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's base or the 91% of the Republicans that love Donald Trump aren't going to vote for Senator Grassley. So he's willing to sell his soul to the devil just to get elected. Those are the kind of people we don't need in office. And we certainly don't need somebody in their 90s in office. Now, I'm not trying to be an ageist here, but Jesus. We got a bunch of millennials, Gen Xers and such that are going to be running this country in the not-so-distant future. Do we really need a 90-year-old guy setting the pace for the future when he has nothing in common with millennials or Gen Xers or Gen Zs or whatever they are. It's absolutely ridiculous. But he's scared. 
he thinks he has to sell his soul in order to get elected. It doesn't stop there. How about House GOP whip Steve Scalise? He was on a news program, and the reporter asked him one very specific pointed question, and that question was, Did Joe Biden legally win the election for the presidency? And you know what? This freaking clown could not answer it. He talked around it. He talked in circles. He didn't answer the question. And why? Because he's scared. He's a coward. He's gutless. I mean, all these Republican representatives and senators and governors are siding with Donald Trump, even though they know very well that everything Donald Trump says is a lie, it's corrupt. They know that. They're not stupid people. But they're afraid if they do kick back on the obvious and the undermining of our democracy, it may hurt them getting elected. So these people are jaded. They aren't looking to work for the public. They aren't looking to do the best for our democracy. They're just looking to get elected. Now, if you think it's just limited to the Republicans, you're sadly mistaken. And this is where we're on a par with this group, Represent Us. See, the Democrats are gutless, too. Before these last four years when uh, Donald Trump came into play, The Democrats did the same kinds of things. They needed to side with big packs and and big supporters because they were afraid if they went against them, even if it was for the good of the country, they wouldn't get the money and they wouldn't get elected. Or like what's going on now. The Democrats are the majority in the House, the Senate, and they have the presidency. The Republicans are known for getting tough, pushing, and bullying, and being assholes. As I've said before, the Democrats are known for being wimps, getting run over. And here we are now at a time when they have some clout, not much, but some. And they need to push back against the Republicans to get some of the things they want to get done for the country and get it voted on and made law. But still, you see these people on the Democratic side still kind of being wimpy about it. They could be a lot tougher. I mean, we've got all these investigations. When is somebody, anybody, going to be accountable? When is the DOJ going to step up? When is, well, let's take the House Select Committee. They said, if you don't show up to the subpoena, we're going to file criminal contempt charges. Well, Steve Bannon's already said he's not showing up. He's not providing any paperwork. So why is Steve Steve Bannon not over-dealing with the DOJ right now? what's, What's taking time here? And if you ask them, they'll say, well, we said we might do it. Well, motherfucker, you better do it. You better make somebody accountable. If you wimp out this time, it not only affects the Democratic Party, the 2022 elections, the 2024 elections. This affects our very lives in this country. It affects democracy and decency in this country. 
but they're afraid if they get too tough, what are people going to think? What are our our big uh, donators going to think? They're running on fear. And this is the real problem within this government. Everybody's working on fear. They're willing to sell their souls in order to just get reelected, to maintain the jobs, maintain the power. That's a problem in this country. This is why nothing gets done. I said in my TikTok, the next candidate I vote for, I want him to have a tagline similar to what Donald Trump had. Now, remember, Donald Trump's tagline was, Make America Great Again. Now he's got a new tagline, Make America Great Again Again. Absolutely fucking brilliant. This man is the dumbest human I've ever heard of. But anyway, for me, if you want my vote and you're a candidate, I want your tagline to be this. I don't give a fuck. Excuse me for swearing. Some people don't like it when I swear too bad. That's me. I swear. I apologize if it offends you, but I'm going to be swearing. Just let you know ahead of time. The reason I say that is because I want somebody to say, well, you know, we want to pass this bill, but that might make somebody mad or it might cost me some votes. I want the guy to be, I want this this guy or woman to have integrity, to say, okay, it might cost me something, but this is the right thing to do. This is what's good for the country. Even if it's going to hurt me a little bit, I'm here to represent the people. I'm going to vote for it anyway because that's my job. Those are the people I want to vote for. And at this point, I don't see any on the Republican side. I don't see any on the Democratic side. We've got a bigger problem in our system of government. It's the people that represent us. They have no integrity. They have no courage. They're all cowards. And if I'm going to have a leader leading me or leading my country, the last thing I want them to be is fucking cowards. They need to be brave. They need to be bold. They need to be true and righteous. But let's try to find one of those. I don't see them now, and it's both sides, Republicans and Democrats. Democrats are the lesser of two evil at this point. But when the Democrats do get power, don't get comfortable. I've always said this before. This isn't Democrat versus Republican or Republican versus Democrat. It's us against them. That may sound paranoid to you. That may sound ridiculous, but when you think about it, it's true. Why do we have the trickle-down theory? Why have we not gotten things coming back to the middle class up to now? Because they're cowards, and they don't give a shit. I want that one candidate for whatever whatever uh, position to say, I'm just going to do what's right. I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and I don't care how it affects me. I want to do what's right for this country. Just want one candidate with a little integrity. That should be our goal. Find those candidates, elect those candidates, and let's make a change in the system of government we currently have. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. At Evernorth Health Services... 
We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, so here's an interesting story. It doesn't really have to do with politics, but it does have to do with the security of our country. There is a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Toby. He is a nuclear engineer. Now, I'm assuming that Jonathan Toby, in this position of nuclear engineer, probably makes a good living. Probably does all right. Lives in a nice house, nice neighborhood, maybe has a couple of cars, a boat. He's probably doing just fine. But somehow, this idiot decides, oh, I need a side hustle. I need to make some extra money. It's all about greed. You're in a job that's important to this country. See, what he worked on was the nuclear subs, not the not the weaponry, more the powering of a nuclear sub. But that's a very crucial thing. So Jonathan Toby decides he wants a side hustle. He needs to make some extra money. So what's he do? First of all, he recruits his wife to help him out. Good move, Jonathan. And then they send a package off to some foreign government. They haven't said who it is as yet. But they send a a note off to the foreign government and say, Look, man, you want to get some uh, information or some documentation on the information about nuclear submarines? Yeah, I got it. They're going like hotcakes. But I can hook you up. Yeah, he was going to sell nuclear top-secret information to a foreign country. So this foreign country was taken by surprise by the whole thing, and they say, uh, yeah, I suppose. (laughs) But fortunately, the foreign country did the right thing. They went right to the FBI, and they say, look, man, this dude is uh, a problem. You may want to check it out. Well, so the FBI took it from there. They thought they'd see how he's going to play this out, learn what's happening, how he did it, why he's doing it. And so they acted like this foreign government, and they communicated back and forth. Now, this Jonathan Toby apparently has got a little ego problem because he kept telling these people, this foreign government, who actually was the FBI, kept telling them, though, oh, I'm really smooth. I'm smart about doing this, doing it real slowly so nobody recognizes what happens. Yeah, I'm sticking SD cards in gum wrappers and uh, Band-Aid boxes. I got all these blind drops all over the place. Yeah, I'm smooth as butter. The funniest thing is, the last time he did it, just prior to getting caught, he hid this SD card in a peanut butter sandwich. How do you even think that? I mean, I suppose if you're walking out of your building and you have to go through security, I mean, who's going to look in a peanut butter sandwich? That's brilliant. 
I only hope that when he put it in the peanut butter sandwich, that he wrapped it in plastic. Because I got to tell you, you take an SD card covered in peanut butter and you shove it in your computer, that's not going to work. It's going to wreak havoc with your computer. So hopefully he was smart enough to do that. Well, by the time he got to that point, the FBI had enough information, enough evidence, and said, all right, the jig is up. (laughs) And they busted him. Busted them both. Husband and wife, Jonathan Toby and his wife, I don't know what her name is, don't care. And they've charged them with the Atomic Energies Act. Now, I don't know what the actual actual uh, punishment for that is. Um, but it's got to be a long time. I mean, that's almost treasonous in what they did. And here's the crazy thing. You know what, 70 years ago, the Rosenbergs, remember them? They sold some nuclear information. They arrested them, brought them to jail. You know what they did to them? They put them in the electric chair and killed their asses. <laughs> I doubt they're going to do that with these folks this time. But uh, it's a it's a hilarious story, and it just says a lot about some people in this country, they don't have enough. They're greedy. So they're going to try to commit treason against their country by passing along top secret nuclear information. I doubt they're going to be put in the electric chair, but I'd love to see these people fry. They definitely deserve it. They're stupid enough to deserve it because they really thought they weren't going to get caught. We should be thankful to the other government that turned it over to the FBI because that could have gotten out. Who knows what kind of damage that might have had. But uh, they should be glad it's not 70 years ago and they aren't the Rosenbergs because the Rosenbergs, well, they fucking fried. Here's another story. This isn't about politics, but it is about the the, uh, culture in this country. The um, Los Angeles Raiders head coach, John Gruden, resigned today in the middle of the NFL season. Why did he resign? Well, somebody brought out some emails that he sent that were racist, homophobic, misogynistic. Now, it's just not a couple of times. There was the recent one where he was making comments about the... uh, head of the NFL Players Association, who happens to be a black man. I'm not going to tell you what he said because it's disgusting and and, and it's ridiculous and there's no excuse for it. Now, people were all up in arms when they heard that. But what they didn't know, this seems to be a common thread with John Gruden. They go back seven years. They've got 650,000 emails and dozens and dozens of racist, homophobic, misogynistic comments. Now, we all know who John Gruden is because he's been a coach for a long time. He spent a lot of time on TV as a reporter of these NFL games. People got to know him. They thought he was kind of a funny, smart guy, and he was pretty popular. But see, that's the thing. What you see on TV, hear on the radio, or even in a podcast, 
doesn't give you the full story about who you're listening to. There are a lot of horrible people in this country. John Gruden is one of them. In spite of the fact you may have liked him or appreciated him as a coach, he's a despicable human being. He doesn't deserve to coach in the NFL. He doesn't deserve to be on TV talking to anybody because in his personal life, he's a piece of shit. And see, that's that's the problem here. This has become the culture in this country. People feel free to be racist, homophobic, misogynistic. They think they can do it. I mean, after all we've seen from the Me Too situation to uh, the sensitivity to racism, homophobia, misogynist, with all that going on right now, how stupid do you have to be to continue to do it? What are you, fucking nuts? I mean... You've been warned about it. You've seen people suffer by being accused of it. But somehow, in your little fucking mind, you still do it. Now, you can be a horrible person, but use your head. Why would you keep doing it? Put it in a paper trail where anybody can find it. There was a time when racists were under a rock someplace. We didn't hear from them much. We thought that things were getting better. They weren't. They just weren't arrogant enough to come out and speak it. When Trump comes in, of course, now everybody's confident that I can be a racist and nobody's going to do anything about it. And that's kind of the way it worked out. There's been a culture shift in this country. All of a sudden, racism, white supremacy, homophobia, um, misogyny. It's been, you know, become okay to do that. When has that been okay? Donald Trump, when he came into office, he changed the perspective of this country. All these people that were hiding under rocks that weren't willing to talk now step out free and clear, proud and loud, and say whatever the fuck they want. That needs to change. I don't know if we can ever get rid of these people completely. But we should do what we can to stifle them, to uh, shut them up. We don't need that in this country. And John Gruden, this piece of shit, deserves to be fired, be ridiculed, and uh, persecuted. He does. Because he looks down on other people. He treats them badly. He calls names. This guy has no room for an apology. Now, he did try to apologize. He said, well, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. The fuck you didn't. When you call people these names or make this reference, what else could you be doing but trying to hurt these people? Don't give me that whiny, cryy bullshit that, oh, I'm really sorry now and I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Like hell you didn't. You not only intended to hurt people, you did hurt people. So go away. Go back under a rock someplace. (laughs) Much to the chagrin of Republicans, John Gruden, you've been fucking canceled. I always love that when they say, well, this cancel culture's bad. (laughs) Well, cancel culture's been around for ever. And the Republicans are just as guilty of cancel culture as anybody. But here's the deal. If you have a problem with cancel culture, don't do fucked up shit and let people know about it. 
Because when you do fucked up shit, you're going to get canceled. You're going to get called out. This isn't like the 60s. You say one little thing, tweet one little thing, it's across the world in like three minutes. Now, if you think that way, that's one thing. But if you're stupid enough to say it, don't cry about getting canceled. The bad thing isn't the cancel culture. It's the fucked up shit that people do that causes them to be canceled. So stop your goddamn whining. I wanted to talk about um, jobs in America. And we got a new jobs report, and apparently it was just disappointing. There was, what, 195,000 jobs added in uh, the last month. And that was bad news, apparently, and everybody's going, oh, my God, Joe Biden's not doing the job. I want to remind the Republicans of something they said. You'll remember during COVID that we had this extra unemployment being paid to people. And it was working and being very helpful. But people were having trouble hiring people, filling jobs. So, of course, the Republicans said, well, you got to stop giving away this free money. If we just shut off the free money, these people would go back to work and do what they're supposed to do. So the Republicans even shut down the program early in some of their states. And now the program is shut down completely throughout the country. And guess what? People aren't going back to work. I mean, I just heard a story about Southwest Airlines had to cancel hundreds of flights because they didn't have enough people. People aren't going back to their jobs. It had nothing to do with that unemployment. Nothing at all. I can say that because look at where we're at. The unemployment shit is gone and still not enough people back at work. What really caused fewer people to get into the workplace is a few things. And this I can attest to myself because I'm of this age. There are a lot of people that were like 60, 61, 58, 55, depending on what their financial situation was. COVID hits, and they got to work from home, or they're out of a job for a while. They're getting unemployment. And a lot of these people that were thinking about retiring and when they were 65 or 66 just said, fuck it. I, they, they aren't going to let me work or not work the way I want to work uh, for a long time. I'm going to retire anyway. I just got to get out of this mess. Now, if you think people retiring of my age is of no consequence, you're mistaken. What you need to understand is there's 70 million boomers in this country. And these boomers take up a lot of jobs, which can be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. If we're in a youth movement, then these old people should get out of the way. Well, a lot of these old people did get out of the way, and what the fuck happened? Now you can't hire people to run your restaurant. Now you can't keep stores open normal hours because you don't have enough people and you're overworking the people you do have. So that's one thing. Now, there's a lot of people that had jobs like in the hospitality industry or some other places where they weren't treated really fairly, they weren't paid very much, and they struggled day to day just to make enough money to survive. 
Well, when this thing hit and they got the unemployment and they sat back and looked at it, they said, why the fuck would I be treated like that? Why the hell would I put in that much time and stress and strain and sweat for nothing in terms of payment? So these people didn't go back to those jobs. They maybe got other careers that were more in line with what they wanted to do and the kind of money they wanted to make. So why would they go back to those jobs? And here's another situation where we need to get people back to work, but we can't. And I know of this situation personally. There are a lot of mothers who had babies or young kids that are now having trouble finding places for daycare or being able to afford daycare. Uh, My daughter-in-law, she's a graphic, graphic artist. She's still working from home. She was working from home for a time, and then the company closed, and she was out of a job. She got the unemployment, which helped because they had a brand-new baby, and they're trying to cover things. And now as time has gone by and the COVID thing is starting to wane a little bit, now she's looking for a job. But she's thinking to herself, I mean, shit, I got a baby. I got to make money. But now I got to get in my car, drive a half hour, work eight hours, drive a half hour back. I'm gone from my kid for nine hours and for an amount of money that doesn't make sense. So somebody like her doesn't just sit on her hand. She's looking at ways to do it for herself out of her own home so she can spend time with her kids. Now, Even if she wanted to put them in a daycare, which they will probably do ultimately, it's ridiculously expensive. So how do you fix that? Oh, I got an idea. How about if we fix it by by, uh, um, passing the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill? Because you see, in that bill, in that bill, it puts a limit on what you have to pay for daycare. I think it's like 8.5% of your regular income. Well, if you cut it down to that, a lot of people could put their kids in daycare and then go off to work. So while it costs the government money to make daycare more affordable, it does two things. It sends more people back into the workforce And it also provides more money for the average parent to spend. I mean, this has always been my argument. We don't want to raise the minimum wage. We don't want to help the the, the middle class. We can't afford it. Well, you're looking at this very short-sightedly. you got to look at the long haul and how this will affect the economy. You pay people $15 an hour minimum wage, oh no, these poor companies can't afford it. So they'll go out of business. That's bullshit and you know it. There's a lot of companies paying that and more and doing just fine. We can't afford to cover or subsidize daycare because it's too much money. Well, what if you spend that money and you put more people back to work? They start creating more income. They start paying more taxes. See, that's the thing that people miss. Give the middle class more money. Make it easier on them for child care. Make it easier on them for health care. And you know what happens? They got more discretionary money. 
And with that discretionary money, they buy more shit. They buy the shit from the people they work for now when they couldn't before. So what happens when people buy more shit? The economy gets better because that's what drives the economy. So don't tell me that companies are going to go out of business because they got to pay $15 an hour or that we can't afford to pay young parents for health care and uh, child care because by doing that, there's an extra advantage, an extra um, positivity coming out of this. You're now going to create more income to throw back into the economy, making things better. But everybody just says we can't afford that. We can afford $2 trillion for a bunch of rich people with no return because they don't pay taxes. Or you could give the money to the middle class, give them some room to breathe, allow them to make more money, allow them to go out and work, creating more taxes, and benefit this economy. Seems so fucking simple to figure out. But people don't. And we really need to at this point. I want to mention one other thing. And I've talked about this many times. I predicted this probably five years ago. I just saw a story with uh, Florida teachers. In Florida, they are short 5,000 teachers in the state. Now, part of that has to do with this COVID bullshit and the vaccines and such. But as you see we boomers starting to retire, there are a lot of boomers that are teachers in this country. But there's a different attitude about teaching with our younger folks, our millennials or Gen Xers and such. My wife went in to be a teacher, and that was her career. That was her dream. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work for 30 years and do my damnedest. Well, that's not the case anymore. Because, you see, these younger folks have seen how school districts teach, treat teachers, what they pay them. And they may go in there for a short time to get established and get moving on to the next thing that they want to do where they can actually make real money. When you hear they're short 5,000 teachers in Florida, trust that's going to get bigger. As the boomers start to retire People get tired of treated being treated like shit and not getting paid what they should pay. You're going to get people not wanting to be teachers. And when you get people that don't want to be teachers and you don't have enough teachers, you know what happens then? Now you school districts have to take a different tact. You got to pay them more money. You got to treat them better because somehow you've got to coax those people back into that industry, school teaching. Most people don't want to be school teachers when they're younger now because there's better things for them to do. So what do we do if we don't have enough teachers to teach our kids? Well, we're fucked then because educated kids are the future of this country. And if we don't have educators to educate them, we are fucked. And that's where we're headed with teaching, among other businesses, but particularly teaching, probably one of the most important things. We don't have enough teachers now. Used to be, if you were a substitute teacher, you'd get on a list and maybe you'd get a job and maybe you wouldn't, depending on if somebody was out or not. My wife has done some substitute teaching. Every job she takes, there's probably 200 more jobs 
that are available for substitute teachers. There aren't enough substitute teachers, and there will not be enough teachers, generally speaking, ultimately. And that's going to change everything in this country. Now they're going to have to fight to get teachers. They're going to have to pay bigger salaries. They're going to have to treat people better. And it's about fucking time because these administrations do nothing but waste money. The ones I've experienced and the ones I've worked for. And I worked for a couple of them. You know, in Minneapolis, for example, you pay local taxes. Half of your taxes goes to education. But they're still screaming about, we need more money. We need more money. Why is that? It's not because you're paying teachers too much. It's because it goes into the administration and it gets sucked up by all this bullshit in the administration. And then whatever's left trickles down to the teachers in the classroom. You've all heard the stories. Teachers have to go out and buy paper and pencils. That should not be happening with as much taxes as we pay. It's a very corrupt situation, and it's not beneficial to our kids, and it's getting worse because fewer and fewer people want to be teachers. Anyway, we've been kind of all over the board today. (laughs) I get like that sometimes. But I'm going to wrap things up now and, uh, again, remind you, if you want to make a question, comment, or complaint, by all means, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm, go to Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. I'll be back probably tomorrow. We'll talk about more stuff. I hope you have a good night. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.